the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. God loves his children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, he deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from him to do things our way rather than turn to him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, his love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us, and he is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. And Father, we thank you for the privilege to preach your gospel one more time. We bless you now. We pray against distractions and walking and, and, and so many things that can interfere. Even a wandering mind. People can be sitting here, but their mind is somewhere else outside of the worship experience. Help us to tune in and hear a word from God in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, you may be seated in the presence of God. Turn with us as we go back to the book of Jonah. We've been away from it for a number of weeks and we want to re-engage in it for the next coming Sundays. Jonah chapter 3 verses 1 through 10 uh, is our text. Jonah chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. If you can't find it in your Bible, go to the table of content and don't waste time so you can get there. Jonah chapter 3 verses 1 through 10. The word of God reads, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then the word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent 
and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. Look at that. They turned, that they turned from their evil way. And God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. I want to preach from the subject this morning. It's time to preach. It's time to preach. Beloved, with all the wickedness in our country and the world, we have all around us. You don't have to look far to find sexual immorality, perversion at every level, drug abuse, opioids, abortion, racism, persecution of Jews and Christians alike, greed. There's murder, slander, lying, deception, witchcraft, Satanism, and so much more. And we are in dire, dire need of the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's ever time the gospel needs to go forth, it is right this very moment. As a matter of fact, that's why you're here. It's one thing to see a praise dance. It's another thing to hear the choir sing. And it's another thing uh, to usher and all these things that greet. They're all good and wonderful and as his place in the Lord's church. But what is a worship experience without the preaching of the gospel? The scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? If you don't believe God, you won't call on him. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? The gospel has to be in the hearing of the people if they're going to be saved. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Many people are hushing the mouths of preachers. Preachers' messages are being scrutinized. They're, they're being censured and all these kinds of things. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Not only did the Ninevites need a word from the prophet Jonah, but America today needs a word from the Lord from preachers, pastors. There needs to be a word from evangelists and teachers who are not ashamed of preaching and teaching the gospel in a nation. Particularly now I'm speaking of America. In America, we glamorize sin. We showcase sin. It's all over the media. It's all over the commercials. You can't watch a decent movie without a sensual commercial, half naked to nude people everywhere. And multitudes of people in our nation is doing what is right in their own eyes. Look at verses one and two. Verses one and two is Jonah's second commission. Jonah's second commission. Look at verse one. Hang with me in the text. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, which means God called him once a second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, Jonah, that great city and preach to it the message that I tell you. It is God who tells the preacher what to say. The preacher shouldn't get it, get his message from uh, the leadership or from what public opinion 
We shouldn't take a survey to see what the people want to hear. God knows what his people need to hear. And we're a sad day when, when the preacher becomes a puppet to the congregation. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise Jonah, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. That's why we're here. I'm here to preach a message from God. I come up here each Sunday with one book because this book is the only book God ever wrote. Any other book is a counterfeit book. And you want to hear a word from from God. The word of God is emancipating. The word of God is liberating. The word word of God is soothing. The word of God has direction. The word of God has hope. The word of God will lift up a downtrodden spirit. When people are running from the church, they ought to be running to the church because the word of God, it does what Lassie can't do. It can do what clothes can't do. It can do what Macy's and and all these stores can't do. It can do what eateries can't do. Preached the message that I tell you, Jonah, I, I, I have a word for the people of Nineveh. You hear me do what I say. Don't don't check in with a committee. That's right. Don't take a poll. Don't worry about their faces. Just preach what I tell you to preach. That's a sorry preacher that won't preach what God says. Beloved, sometimes believers have a tendency of being too hard on Jonah. When we are often guilty of doing the same thing ourselves. God had to tell Jonah a second time, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. How many times does God have to tell us to do a certain thing? He tells us to do a certain thing only for us to ignore him. We heard him the first time, but we didn't want, we didn't like what we heard. We don't, it was too, too much. Uh, it was going to cost us something. It was going, we would have to make some spiritual adjustments to do what God tells us to do. How many times does God have to tell us to do a certain thing only to have us ignore God, procrastinate on what he tells us to do, or even like Jonah, run from God? There are some people under my voice right now by radio, by internet, and even in this congregation, you're running from God. Instead of running to God, you're running from him and you are messing up your life and you're headed for cataclysmic uh, collisions simply because you want it your way. God gave Jonah clear, concise, specific and understandable instructions And yet Jonah rebelled, ran from God and learned his lessons the hard way. My friend, does all of your lessons have to be hard learned? Can't you just hear what God says and just do it? That's that's trouble enough just doing it God's way, you know. Doing things God's way will get you in trouble. John the Baptist did it God's way and he ended up in prison. You know, you know. Uh, Moses did it God's way 
And uh, he ended up in all kinds of trouble. Jesus did it his heavenly father's way and they crucified him. Even when you do it God's way, you get in trouble. I'd rather get in trouble for doing it God's way than get in trouble for doing it your way. Beloved, if you say you believe God, then you will obey him. You say, I know God, I know God, I believe God. Well, are you obeying him? If you're not obeying him, you're not, uh, you, 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 you really don't know him. Those who really know him do what he says. If you love me, you do what I say. Obedience to the Lord is absolutely essential if our lives are going to be pleasing and acceptable before him. My friend, all of our lessons, they do not have to be hard learned. We can learn from the failures of Jonah and others and save ourselves some unnecessary headaches and trouble. Jonah was blessed by God to be given a fresh start. When he heard the voice of God and God told him to go preach to Nineveh and he ran away, paid the fare, got on a ship, going to Torchless, he found himself in in an incredible storm. And he went the long way around and he could have saved him a lot of trouble in time. He had just done it God's way. Jonah was blessed by God to be given a second time to do God's bidding and to make a fresh start. Say fresh start. And perhaps there there is someone here today who, like Jonah, needs to be given A fresh start from the Lord. Well, how do we make a fresh start in life? You need to write this down. Some of you have grown stale. You're stagnant. You just in the same place. You you, you settle for so little. God wants to do great things to you. And you're limiting your potential for God. Jonah was given a second opportunity, a fresh start. And God wants to give many of you today a fresh start. It's not too late in your life for God to do a new thing with you, through you, for his glory. How do you make a fresh start in life? A. If you desire God's blessings as you make a fresh start, it is critical that you that you first repent and receive Christ as your personal savior. I mean, if you're going to if you want to make a fresh start, you need God in the start. You, You want things to go well, start with God. Let him talk to you. Let him be a part of the start. If you desire God's blessings as you make a fresh start, it is critical that you repent. You can't live in sin and make a fresh start. You can't have it your way and make a fresh start. You can't be all over the place and make a first start. And you need to receive Christ as your personal savior now. Accept him in your heart. Believe in this death, burial, and resurrection. Acts 3.19 says, repent. 
When is the last time you, you, you've heard the word repent? And re, re, the word repentance is a foreign word, even the pulpit today. Today, We don't expect the media to say uh, repent. We don't expect the view on television to say repent. We don't expect world and national news to say repent. But, but man, when you can't get even a, a, a repentance in the church, you know America's in a bad place. Uh, Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord to you. It is impossible to make a successful fresh start without the Lord's presence being with you in the start. Which means you must repent, turn to Christ, and allow him to cleanse your sins. Then he will direct your path and help you in the fresh start. How do you make a fresh start in life? B. Make sure you have an intimate relationship with Christ and are listening to his voice. Make sure you have an intimate, close relationship with Christ and are listening to his voice. James chapter four, verse eight, a says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. John 10, 27 also says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Beloved, when you read your Bible, God is speaking to you. That's right. God is speaking to you. Uh, the spirit of God is speaking to you when you read the Bible through the word of God. The Lord speaks. Let me tell you this. Your proximity to Jesus will determine how successful your new beginnings will be. That's a big one. You better write down. Did you get it? Your proximity to Jesus will determine how successful your new beginnings will be. The farther you are away from God, the more prone uh, your life will be messed up. Your life will be screwed up. You'll, you'll be misdirected the farther you're away from God. The closer you are to God, uh, the better uh, start that you can make. And sometimes God wants you to reboot. Sometimes he wants you to restart. Sometimes he wants you to start over. You're on the wrong track. See, how do we make a fresh start in life? Like Jonah, make sure you know what God is calling you to do. Don't let people, I know what you ought to do. Everybody, everybody got, no, no, no. People don't know what you ought to do. They don't even know you. They don't know the number of hairs on your head if you have hair. Uh, they, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't know your circumstances. They don't know what you, they don't know where you are in life. And yet they're going to tell you what you should do. <laughs> like Jonah, make sure you know what the Lord is calling you to do. Jonah knew he just didn't do it at first. And do not waste time like Jonah wandering and even running from God. You're wasting time. It's futile. I, Isaiah chapter six, verse eight says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Referencing the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost right there. Us. Very significant. Then I said, Isaiah speaking, 
Here am I, send me. Send me. Some of you were, you were singing in the mass choir. And, and, and you got good voices. But, but you know what? You ought to be in the, in the choir on a regular basis. I won't go because I might have to come to a rehearsal on Wednesday. You know, you make sacrifices and do everything else. Uh, some of you here, you, you know how to stand. You know how to walk. Why can't you usher? Some of you know how to smile. Why don't you greet and welcome folk in? <laughs> the Lord will help you make a fresh start in life when you make yourself available to serve him. God don't want you just here sitting on a soft, cushy seat, enjoying worship, receiving from worship, but you're not putting an ounce in return back in. Spiritual moonches. Just grab, grab, grab. But don't give anything. Do not expect the Lord to bless your life if he is not first and foremost in your life. Some of you like aerobic dancing and all these kinds of things to lose weight. Well, I tell you what, what, what that praise dancers just did then, you get that rehearsal, you do three or four rehearsals on that, you lose five or ten pounds. You don't have to go to a gymnasium. You just come to, come to the praise dance meeting and you know, you, you, you shed some pounds. I mean, I look at that. And I said, man, I need to get up there and lose some weight. You know, I, I, I almost got up here. I just had to be good stewardship of my oxygen. <laughs> what does it profit me to dance and then out of breath preaching? <laughs> Do not expect the Lord to bless your life if he is not first and foremost in your life. First and foremost, you, I want you to hear me. Oh, God, help me. You will struggle the rest of your life if it's all about your personal agenda. Well, you got to go. What you got to do is your plans. You're going to struggle the rest of your life if you're too busy. Busyness has separated you from God. You're going to struggle if you're so attached to people that you can't connect with your God. You're more connected to, to people than you are God. You go with people. You travel with people. You, and nothing wrong with that. But you can be, you can have too much people in your life. Too much relationship. Healthy relationship is good. But, but an overdose of it, it can infringe on your relationship with God. Technology can separate you from God. Social media People can't even look at each other. They can't even say good morning. I was on the, I was in the airport the other, uh, on the plane and this person had all this stuff. And I just said, uh, uh, hi. You know, and they just looked at me. Then they had to take it off. I just said, hi. They got to dewire themselves to just say good morning. Some of you, it's all about your career, your career. It's, it's about your money. It's the stocks. Goes up, you're happy, goes down, there goes the president again. Uh, uh, some of you, it's about pleasure. You're all over the place with your pleasure. You, you come back home planning to go out, come home planning to go out. There's nothing wrong with pleasure. Some of us don't have enough of it in our lives and others have too much of it. Your whole life is just one big life of fun. 
and, and you're not available to God. Can't come to the Lord's house. I had to talk to somebody and say, well, do you go to church? One person told me, well, I have my own church. Well, you can have your, your own church. That's that, but that's called individualism. Well, I'm just wrapped up. Well, I can just worship God. Well, we're supposed to worship God anywhere, any place. But then the Bible also says, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together in Hebrews 10. There should be a connectiveness. The church coming together has redemptive value. I mean, if the visitors weren't here today, we couldn't have prayed over those needs. The, the, the television and the Internet can't touch you like you just got touched and held hands and, and encouraged and prayed over. You need that. Some of you hold your dogs and don't hold the hands of people in need. D, making a fresh start. Refuse to allow your past to paralyze your future. Refuse to allow your past to paralyze your future. Philippians 3.13b says, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. We got a whole lot of stuff in our lives. We need to just let go and forget. That's why we're stagnant. That's that's why we can't get anywhere. Uh, Forgetting. Those things which are behind that's of detriment to you today and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Now, listen to me closely, dear ones. Every one of us has things in our past that we wish were not there. If that's you, raise your hand in all honesty and transparency. Look, at, keep your hands up. Don't, 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 don't do one of these. Oh, I don't want them to see. Don't, don't, don't do that. Hold it high as you can. Maybe you need to hold up both hands. Y'all look around. Sometimes you think you're the only one that's messed up. You're the only one that got something. All of us. You can let your hands back down now before it gets hurting. You know. All of us have sinned and come short of the, of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. We all got things in our past we wish we had not done. It is a human reality. It's human reality. Therefore, accept the things you cannot change. Accept it. Then repent of it, whatever it was, or whatever it is, or was. I hope it was by now. Repent and give it to Jesus. If you're sinning now, re- repent and stop. It's not too late to stop. You say, well, I looked at that woman. I already said I did lust in my heart. I might as well go mess with her. No, no. Don't mess with that woman. Once, one, you've already committed one sin by looking. Don't compound the problem with two sins. That's a double divine chastening. You look and you shouldn't have been looking and staring. Repent. Oh, God, I glanced too long. I looked too long. And sometimes, it's not in the look, it's in your mind. You thought about it. If you think about it a second too long, you already need to repent and plead the blood of Jesus over it. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.